Welcome to the audio version of A Glimpse of Ikigai and a New Venture. I think this is the best episode yet. <clears throat> Welcome to the 19 subscribers who have joined the Retained Learnings community over the last two weeks. If you haven't subscribed, join 602 smart, curious people on this journey by subscribing at retainedlearnings.io. If you find value in these podcasts, please post about it on LinkedIn to help us grow. You can also share with a friend and encourage them to sign up. Help us reach our quarter three goal of 1,625 subscribers. Here's the introduction. As many of you know, 2022 has been a year of change for me. At the beginning of the year, I felt burned out by the startup grind. I had run a marathon on a treadmill, tons of effort, covered in sweat, feeling exhausted, but hadn't moved very far. In truth, I had built a business that brought people joy, everyone but me. Rather than counting our successes, I fixated on our failures. Comparing myself to my peers left me dissatisfied and down on myself. So I stepped back, reset, and focused on self-improvement. My physical and mental health improved. I came to terms with the fact that I will work for the next 30 years, regardless of any degree of success I achieve. I'll never be satisfied sitting on the sidelines. The only way forward is to fall in love with the work. There's only one problem. How the hell does anyone fall in love with so something as painful as building a business? Japanese concept of ikigai is a powerful one. Ikigai is the nexus of what you love, what you are good at, what you can be paid for, and what the world needs. There's a graphic that accompanies this podcast in the episode notes that you can take a look at. During my full reset to recover from burnout, I actually noodled through what my ikigai would look like. I didn't filter my thoughts. I just wrote everything I believed about myself after two years of getting my ass kicked as an entrepreneur. Here's what I came up with. There's a li full list of these. I'll just read a few of them, but the full list is available in the show notes. What I'm good at, public speaking, coaching and mentoring, financial modeling, synthesizing disparate information. And then there's a bunch of other things, including teaching, maintaining relationships, writing, things I like to do, talking to friends, public speaking, coaching and mentoring, uh, eating good food, skiing, dissecting business problems, working out, uh, comedy, which is sadly something that I'm not good at, uh, but I do like to do it. And then there's things that I can make money doing. That's consulting with startups, dog walking, financial services, teaching, real estate development, venture capital. Uh, there's a bunch of different things. Uh, pulling it all together. So after I made this list, I felt completely lost. Although there was some overlap between categories, I had no idea to pull a career together at the intersection of these lists. So I strategized a bit, and then I started writing this newsletter and recording this podcast. Capturing my thoughts and writing has done two things for me. One, it has helped me summarize my ideas succinctly. Two, it broadcasts my thoughts to those who are interested and want to help me. Luck, timing, and serendipity are critical factors in creating a successful career and life. This is why it is so important to network broadly. Writing in public has held a megaphone to everything I'm doing and thinking which thereby increased the surface area of my luck. There's a graphic that accompanies this. Uh, if you're curious what the surface area of your luck looks like. One of the byproducts of writing content on LinkedIn and via this newsletter has been to keep me top of mind for people who want to help me. And it has deepened my relationships with people I care about. Among the people I care about is a friend of mine from service to school, Tim Shaw. To say that I am a fan of his is an understatement. 
I could write a full post about him, but he's so humble that it would be excruciating for him to read or even know about its existence. I'll summarize by saying that Tim has been a mentor of mine since before I transitioned out of the Marines. He's an investor in Paint True, a friend, and an advocate of me and military entrepreneurs everywhere. There are a few people I admire as much as Tim, so when the opportunity to work together arose, I had to scoop my jaw off the floor to say yes. My Ikigai exercise was useful, but it missed a critical component of entrepreneurship. Who are the customers and how do you serve them? How can I be of service? Around the same time as the Ikigai exercise, I read The Minimalist Entrepreneur. The book is fantastic and I strongly recommend it, but one part of the book stood out to me as particularly wise. Businesses fail because they run out of one of the following, cash or energy. Running out of cash happens for a myriad of reasons, but running out of energy is more tragic. If I'm being radically honest with myself, I think the reason I felt like such a failure in my last business is that I ran out of energy. This, the book argues that to avoid running out of energy, we should start by considering who we want to help. Who do we care about? To me and my co-founder, Tim, that's an easy question to answer. Tim was a co-founder of Service to School, the nonprofit organization that I worked for in 2017. We both cared immensely about helping veterans matriculate at great schools. We regularly hear from military veterans, even at elite universities, how the two biggest challenges they face are one, building community, and two, competing for jobs with civilian peers. We knew that we could make an impact through business, so we got to work. Let's host a conference. We decided to host an in-person networking conference to help foster relationships. In February of this year, Tim had hosted a startup conference in San Francisco for the military veteran entrepreneurship community. That event, the MilVet Startup Conference, brought our community together to create meaningful relationships. We wanted to do the same thing for veterans matriculating at MBA programs. We put our first event together over the summer, uh, and last week we hosted our first conference, a pre-MBA networking event in Manhattan. Day one was at KKR headquarters in Hudson Yards. KKR is a legendary investment shop. They invented the leveraged buyout. With $450 billion in assets under management, they're among the most prestigious places to work in the world. Their hospitality was nothing short of world-class. They rolled out the red carpet for us, our attendees, and our speakers. Our speakers on day one were fantastic. Here's what the agenda looked like. We led with a fireside chat with Vance Surchuk. Vance is an executive director of the KKR Global Institute and a member of the KKR Industrials team. Vance talked about how changes in geopolitics have affected the investment market. He also talked about how winding his path has been, which reminded me of a previous post that you might like, The Winding Path to Success. We also hosted panel discussions with the following military veterans, all of whom are unbelievable speakers and mentors for me and our attendees. An investment banking panel featuring Ari Schiff, an associate at Goldman Sachs, and my USNA roommate, AJ Rooney, a VP, a vice president at JP Morgan Chase. Joe Kistler, a managing director at Morgan Stanley. A consulting panel featuring Stephanie Noyes, engagement manager at Deloitte. Joe Turk, a senior consultant at Deloitte. Wes Going, a senior engagement manager at LEK Consulting. A big tech panel featuring Billy Knapp, a senior recruiter at Amazon. Ash Rajaram, who's in strategy and ops at Google. A startups panel featuring Dave Cho, the co-founder of Soco Glam, Sonny Tai, the co-founder of Actuate, Clark Yuan, the founder of Candlelytics, and Joe Lynch, the chief of staff at Dandy. We concluded the event with a happy hour at Deloitte's office in the historic 30 Rockefeller Plaza. 
I was physically and mentally exhausted after day one. Thankfully, I woke up fired up and ready for an incredible content that we planned for day two. Day two took place at J.P. Morgan Chase's global headquarters in Midtown. By the time the photo rolled around, we had attrited a few of our attendees who made for greener pastures of a brewery next door. Those remaining are the few and the proud. Day two started with opening remarks from Mark Elliott. Mark Elliott is a retired colonel in the U.S. Army and currently the head of J.P. Morgan Chase's military and veterans affairs team. His reach in that position is unparalleled. J.P. Morgan is an incredible advocate of military small businesses, startups, and a champion of veteran employment. Their coalition to hire veterans has inspired other companies to commit to the cause, resulting in over 750,000 veterans hired by participating firms. It's an insane number. Our panels on day two included an alternative asset management panel with Sherman Williams II, co-founder and managing partner of Academy Investor Network, Tom Allison, head of New Ventures at Live Nation Entertainment, Chris Morales, vice president of Point72 Ventures. For any fans of the TV show Billions, you should Google Steve Cohen at Point72. George Dutile, the co-founder and managing partner at The Bryden Group. Our general management panel featured Isaiah Berg, vice president of operations at OnRamp, Argyle Nelson, Vice President of Merchandising at Bloomingdale's, Tony McCann, who's the Head of Leveraged Finance Sales and Trading for J.P. Morgan. His group trades trillions of dollars worth of bonds a year. It's really wild. Our nonprofit panel featured Jesse Gould, the founder of Heroic Hearts, Phil Caruso, the CEO of No One Left Behind, and J.D. Dew, the Executive Director at the Center for Military Transition at William & Mary University. Our Maximizing Business School panel featured William Wang, a rising second year at Wharton and a PM at Microsoft, Isaac Olson, a recent grad from Emory Goizeta and starting at EY, and Marie Jimenez, a recent grad from HBS who just started uh, this week actually at BCG. We concluded day two with a fireside chat with Leanne Darland. Leanne is the founder of Talia Beer Company, the only 100% female-owned, uh, sorry, female veteran-owned brewery in, in New York City. Um, she is a Navy veteran and a founder I admire deeply. She was gracious enough to host us at our Grand Central location after the conclusion of the event. That's enough for now. Next week, I'll write a bit more about what we're building and hope to, hoping to accomplish. Until then, feel free to follow me or connect on LinkedIn for more content about the events. Thanks.